0: are some of these symptoms of complex post-traumatic stress disorder or CPTSD. There are many other symptoms and side effects. Most survivors experience these types of symptoms. Have you been there? Do you feel exhausted? Do you feel frustrated that you just can't quite get your hands around the fatigue you're dealing with? Are you struggling to keep your house clean, struggling to get out into the world and kind of re-begin your life? Do you feel like doing stuff for maybe your kids or your friends or your family members or anyone in your life, even yourself feels just too hard sometimes to even think about trying it. Do you ever feel like just getting out of bed every day is so hard? Well, if you do, you're not alone. This is a common problem that survivors of narcissistic abuse deal with. One thing you need to know right now is that it's not your fault. I think it's really important to start with the why of anything. Why it happens and the reason I think that is because for me knowledge has always been power. When I learn about something and I understand the basics and the mechanics of it, I always feel more empowered and I always feel more capable of handling that problem. So we're gonna start right here. Why Do we feel so stuck? Why do we feel so exhausted? Why do we feel like we can't get out of bed or we can't get out of the house or we can't do the things we just really need to do in our everyday lives. What does that come from? Well, I suggest that it comes from CPTSD and this is something that happens when you are in a long-term relationship with any type of abuser or you go through any type of long-term emotional trauma. And that's exactly what CPTSD is. For a quick definition on the official, side of things. CPTSD, Complex Post Traumatic Stress Disorder, is a psychological disorder that you can develop in response to various long-term traumas, that is repeated experiences of trauma in a context where you feel like you just really can't escape from it. Does that make sense to you? So just to give you an idea of the types of people that end up with CPTSD or the types of experiences that they have, this is commonly found In people who have experienced various types of abuse, chronic sexual abuse, chronic psychological or physical abuse, neglect, chronic intimate partner abuse, chronic emotional abuse, victims of kidnapping, victims of hostage situations, people who have gone through human trafficking, sweatshop workers, prisoners of war, concentration camp survivors, All of these things. Well, what does CPTSD look like? Some of the things you might feel during CPTSD might include feeling scared all the time or feeling helpless or worthless, feeling hopeless, depressed, anxious, all of that stuff and the worst thing about CPTSD where it stands out above other types of psychological disorders or psychological conditions is the fact that CPTSD changes who you are at the core and it involves a lot of emotional dysregulation which just basically means that you have trouble controlling what goes on inside your own head or your own heart, your own emotions and that's something that we can work on together. Depression tends to lead to immobilization anyway, but what we have as survivors of narcissistic abuse often is what they call walking depression, which means you don't really know you're depressed, you still function, you still act like a normal person as far as anyone can tell but you're kind of dissociated, you're kind of going through this thing that most people just don't understand. And so even though on the outside you look normal, on the inside you feel kind of broken. Well, when we get to the place where we stop being able to function, I think it's pretty understandable given what we've all gone through, right? But why does CPTSD, why does recovering from narcissistic abuse lead us into feeling stuck? Why does that happen exactly? I mean, I could tell you, okay, it's because of PTSD, but what does that really mean? Let's talk about that. So if you're still in the relationship or if you're just freshly out of it, you can probably admit that during the relationship, you may have become exhausted by the abuse, by the ridiculous demands that the narcissist had on you. And if you were in one of those relationships where the narcissist required a large amount of your time or attention, you may have been so emotionally exhausted from that, that in the rare moments when the narcissist wasn't in your face all up in your business, You might have just had to sit and do nothing or lay in your bed and do nothing, just so that you could emotionally recover because you just didn't have any more emotions to give other people. Now you may have even found yourself accidentally or or intentionally pulling away from other people in your life who required your emotional attention simply because you couldn't possibly give one more bit of yourself. Well, this makes us depressed, it makes us anxious and it gives us that walking depression factor where we're functioning, but we're not really functioning. Reminder, you can't stay in survival mode forever. Get through this time. Survival mode is meant to keep you alive, but at some point you must start living. Don't forget. Some of the things that you're dealing with with CPTSD on a deeper level, of course you've got the depression and anxiety and the other stuff, but you might also just have persistent feelings of just being so sad. You might be persistently feeling angry or you you might even have thoughts of ending it all. That's not healthy, but it's normal for survivors of abuse. It's normal for survivors of abuse to have a moment of that. What's important if you do feel that way is that you don't take it lightly and that you do something to change how you feel and and how you perceive yourself in those moments. Another thing that happens to us in CPTSD is forgetting stuff. It's completely possible to miss someone and to still understand that you really deserve better. Don't forget. We forget traumatic memories. We forget what it felt like to go through the abuse. We might find ourselves reliving the traumatic events over and over again, awake or asleep. We very often dissociate where we feel completely detached from ourselves and the world around us. We feel guilty. We feel like we're you know, kind of stigmatized or or we're pariahs in our communities or we feel like we're just really different from everybody else in our lives. Like we just kind of feel like we don't belong here sometimes. If we're still in the relationship or when we were in the relationship, we may have given way too much power to our narcissist. We may have decided that our narcissist was the all-powerful person in our lives and we must obey them and maybe we didn't decide that consciously but on some level we allowed them to have that power and a lot of us feel a lot of shame about having done that. Even though it's not our fault, even though we know better now, We beat ourselves up for what we didn't know then and that's important to remember, we shouldn't do that. Like I said, we get isolated, we don't trust people, we feel more pulled away, we feel dissociated from people, we feel distant from people and if you're someone who had a really strong sense of faith in any any particular religion or modality and you go through this stuff, you might find yourself feeling completely separate from that and very often people who grow up in a certain kind of religion or people who are raised in a certain kind of way will step away from that thing after they go through abuse and for a number of reasons that we're not going to go into today. Those are some common things that you deal with as someone who goes through CPTSD. The other thing is the brain chemistry factor. When you are constantly going through ups and downs and ups and downs that come with being in a toxic relationship and you go through the cycle, the, you know, love bombing, devalue, discard, hoover, love bombing, devalue, discard, hoover kind of cycle, your adrenaline is going to be all over the place, you're not going to naturally produce dopamine, and you're not going to naturally find a way to sort of self-regulate. That is why we have the emotional dysregulation and I've done other videos in more detail on that. You can check those out in the link here. We might also find ourselves avoiding thinking about things that stress us or trigger us because it's just too much for us and sometimes those things are things we need to deal with. Some of us might use alcohol, drugs, shopping, gambling, whatever to kind of numb the pain and keep moving forward from there or to not feel stuff. Some survivors engage in horrible things like self-harm and I'm not gonna go into any more detail on that, but it's not okay. And sometimes when you have been in a situation where you've been called weak or you've been called not good enough for your whole life, not only will you blame yourself, but often certain professionals will blame you as well, whether we're talking about a psychologist or a counselor or somebody like that who just doesn't really understand PTSD or CPTSD or the nuances that come and the subtlety that comes with narcissistic abuse. People don't get it unless they've experienced it and really dug into it. And so this is important because a lot of my clients, a lot of people here on YouTube, a lot of people in other places that I'm in community, they say to me, my therapist told me it was my fault and they spent years believing that and and that's something that's so important to, to note. You cannot blame yourself and you cannot allow other people to blame you for what you've gone through. That's enough about CPTSD for now, but how do you get past it? What do you do to get over it? What do you do to really stop feeling stuck? That's what we're gonna talk about now. One of the first things I would say to you is that you have to give yourself a little compassion You have to forgive yourself for what you did before for what you didn't know for what you dealt with in your abusive situation, but you also have to be prepared to stop dwelling on that stuff. Give yourself a little compassion, give yourself a break. You know, if you need to be mad at yourself for a minute, let it happen, but then move forward and embrace yourself. And one of the things I tell everybody, which is true, is if you are in a situation where you're hating on yourself, you're not loving your life right now, things are difficult, things are terrible, go ahead and think about your your child or your best friend or your sister or anybody who you love unconditionally. And imagine that that person was saying to you, hey, I feel this way, only it's the feelings you're feeling, I feel sad, I feel angry, I feel lonely, I feel like I messed up real bad and I just I don't think I can fix anything. And then I want you to turn around and imagine what would you say to someone who you love unconditionally about that thing. What advice would you give to them? How would you hug them? How would you care about them? What would you do differently than you're doing for yourself? And then my friend, I want you to look right in the mirror and I want you to do those things for yourself because that is the only way we will ever grow forward is if we can stop hating ourselves. I know, I know you don't have to go all full out self-love right away, okay, but just Start off with self-acceptance. Start off with giving yourself a break. You've been through a lot. Give yourself a break. It's gonna be okay. I always like to say that you can control how you feel, but I don't always think people understand what I mean by that. It's not that I don't have emotions. It's not that when somebody says something hurtful to me that I don't feel it real hard, just like everybody else. What the difference is, is that it's about changing your perception. I change the way I feel, I change the way I see things, I change the way I understand things. And I choose how I feel. I can't decide to myself that I'm not gonna feel hurt when somebody walks up to me and goes You're freaking ugly, right? Or I hate your YouTube videos or whatever it is they're saying to me. But I can change the way I choose to respond, react and perceive that situation, you know. And one of my best tips ever is to not respond react or do anything when someone isn't trying to hear you. If someone gives me criticism that is helpful, Like they say, oh my gosh, you talk too fast in your videos. I do know that and I'm sorry about that. I try to talk slower, (laughs) but sometimes I get excited. Anyway, that is valuable feedback. If somebody says to me, I don't like the way that you know, the music sounds under the video. So don't put music in your videos. Guess what? I hardly ever do for that reason, because people said that to me in the beginning. If people say to me, you're ugly and you have a big stupid nose. Well, I cannot change any of those things. I don't think my nose is that big, but if it were, (laughs) It doesn't really matter. I look how I look. I am who I am. And I'm not willing to try to change all of that. So I just let those things go. Those are things I can't change. My point is if someone's giving you criticism that is constructive and helpful, take it with an open mind and an open heart. That person's really trying to help you. But if somebody's criticizing you in a way that is just mean and hateful, don't even think about that person again. Just let it go. Realize they're a brick wall, they won't be helped move on. So when you feel that happen and you feel that wave of emotion about to smack you in your face, I want you to try this, I want you to let it come, let the emotion come, let it wash over you, feel it, breathe in it, sleep in it if you really need to, let it kind of flow through and then when that's done, Take a deep breath and then start consciously thinking to yourself, how am I gonna handle this thing that just happened? How am I gonna handle this emotion? How am I gonna deal with this emotion? Feeling the emotion is different than reacting to the emotion. Do you understand what I mean? You need to feel the emotion, it comes, you have to let it go. If you just shove it down or you try to forget it happened, you're just gonna drive yourself crazy. So feel the emotion, but then choose how you go from there. Choose. Do I let it out? Do I scream in this person's face? Do I shut my mouth and realize their limitations? How do you want to react to that thing? I'll just give you a little hint. If somebody ever tells you that you're ugly, my daughter's friend came up with this amazing comeback and it's this look. Oh my god, you're so ugly. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a mirror. Isn't that great? I love it. Anyway, so my point is that you choose how you respond, you choose how re- you react and that will help you. I promise you it will, but how do you like literally physically, how do you start doing stuff again? Because I mean we can go through all the emotional control stuff if we want to, but how do you start physically growing again? How do you start physically getting up out of the bed, getting up out of the house and doing the stuff? And this is the hard part my friend, but I'm just gonna put it out there for you. Today I did not want to do these videos, today I did not want to put on makeup, I did not want to do my hair, I did not want to do any of these things. But you know what I did I gave myself this deal. I was like listen <laughs> Go in there and find some clothes put the clothes on and if you feel done at that point, you can walk away. So I did it I'm like oh. And then I was like well You know go in there and put your moisturizer on get your face ready for the makeup in case you decide to put the makeup on So I stayed in there. I did the makeup. I did the fa- I did the moisturizer. And then I was like, well Let's put the base on and then if, if you feel like stopping after that, it's okay to stop after that So I did the base well, I'm feeling okay. Let me let me do the rest of the thing in the lipstick. Okay. Okay. Let me do my hair really quick. Okay, I didn't do great on my hair, but I tried. My point is one thing just do one thing. I know it seems small But one thing and don't rush it. I mean if you've been stuck in your house for six months Tomorrow you're not gonna go out and and like join the circus I mean you're just not you're going to have to take baby steps. That's my point. Forgive yourself for your, your situation, forgive yourself for what you didn't know when you didn't know it and then just give yourself baby steps. Today my baby steps included literally getting up and going into the place where my clothing is and picking out something to wear. That was my only thing I had to do and everything else comes with it. Does that make sense? Give yourself permission, give yourself permission to stop after one thing and if you really need to stop, then stop and start again tomorrow, okay. Give yourself one thing to do. I promise you, I know it seems too simple, but just try it. It's the same thing if your house is overwhelmingly dirty or messy, you know, walk around your house and find one thing you can clean up really fast (laughs) and then just clean up that one thing. I love to pick a table because when you clean up a table, a surface makes your house, look. you know, a clean surface makes your house look cleaner. So little tip from me to you. I hope this is helpful. I know it's not so easy. Please remember that you do go through a certain amount of grief after the narcissistic abuse ends, even sometimes as soon as you start to realize it's going to end because you're going to leave or whatever. So make sure you take a look at the video that I've done recently on the seven stages of grief and narcissistic abuse recovery.
1: I'm going to show you how to rewire your brain. Now if you're someone who consistently experiences negative emotions majority of the time, whether it's stress, frustration, anger, disappointment, depression, overwhelm, whatever it is and you've been doing that for a long period of time, I'm talking years, 20, 30, 40 years, even 10 years, then it's going to take time. It's become a habit and you've wired that that pathway really strong and you wanna undo that and then create other ones. But there's three things that you can do consistently that can add to this and progress this. Number one, exercise exercise and good food, do it consistently. It's a cocktail of incredible chemicals that gets released when you exercise and then obviously putting good food because that's direct chemicals that you're putting into your body to start to condition yourself. Number two, meditate. Meditate and consciously feel the feelings that you want to feel. Confidence, love, joy, etc. Third part is learn to catch your thoughts. As soon as you start to think negative things, catch yourself and change your thinking pattern. Most important.
0: This brings me to the question of the day and the question of the day, I'm turning it over to you. What have you struggled with in this area? Have you found yourself feeling completely stuck? Have you found yourself just not able to get out of the house at any point during your recovery? And if you're there now, what are your struggles? Tell me so I can make videos for you. If you're through it, you're past it or you've done it and you've come back to it, what works for you? What tips can you share with our Spanily, with our community here, That will help them do a little better today. What works for you? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comments section below. Let's have a conversation about this. This is serious and we need to help each other here. All right, that's all I've got for you right now. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. Please remember that you're never alone and that you always have your spanily. Oh, before I go, make sure that you take a look at the videos I'm leaving for you right here and right here. And while you're here, hit that subscribe button right there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.